You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Go Plug Yourself. We've been talking to awesome people in Montreal since 2011. Just a friendly reminder that if you're going to be buying anything on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, uh, go to 9to5.cc first and click the links at the bottom or in the sidebar so that we get a bit of that money. Uh, f- also, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and enjoy the show. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. So, uh, Walter. Yeah, what's up? Um, you were like, let's do this thing at Grumpy's. And you were like, oh, no, let's this go to better. Ville Saint Laurent. This is much better. <laughs> is this not better? I'm about, to, I'm about to put food in my mouth. You're about to get fed. I'm about to put food in my mouth, and it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, whatever we got here. Uh, so this is the, uh, the Go Plug Yourself special in someone's home edition. I think this is In Your House episode three, maybe? Is, is this episode three In Your House? Audio food porn. Walter, <laughs> how many how many episodes have we recorded in, the, in, in your, your house, house series? Yeah, <laughs> oh, we, 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 did, we did Alain's. One of our first episodes ever was in was in a dude's house. Yeah, with uh, Yannick Pocket. Yeah, Yannick and we've Paquette. done some episodes in your house. Yeah, but that's in my house. That's not in your house, right? Uh, my house is, is filthy, so yeah, we never go no to your house. Ever been done so yeah, we, we've we've gone to people's houses before, and this week we are going. Where are we, Walter? We're in beautiful Ville Saint Laurent, near the park with the geese. I've been told near near, near Goose Park, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the lovely home of of multi talented performer extraordinaire uh, Guido Cocomelo. Thank you, man. Guido, Welcome how are yeah. you? Yeah, thank you. This is awesome. Thank you guys for even coming to my house and seeing You're how I live with my kids. Meat kid. and cheese and beer. It's all homemade. We got, um, we got Monsters Inc. playing in the background. Monsters Inc. playing for my, my son. My favorite movie. You queued it up for me. I don't know how you, <laughs> how you knew. We have homemade, you know? uh, homemade prosciutto, yeah. homemade sa- dried sausage, uh, homemade suprasado, homemade cheese. We got here, and Guido, Guido and his son Erasmo yes, Erasmo came and greeted us at the door. Mm-hmm. Erasmo showed us in. He was very, very happy. He did. He did. He was really nice. He's yeah. really big. He loves company. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's a huge kid. You have a very uh, strapping. Young but you know what? I'm, when, when Thank I'm, you. When I said that he looks like a like a two year old adult, like his, also his face, like he look, you could see like what that kid's what that kid is going to look like as an adult. Very well, also offered to park my car, which was weird. Yeah, he started to bring in money because as a comic slash actor, we need more funds in this place. No, but <laughs> he also, I mean, and he's not even two yet, and for kids his age, even the teachers say. He's very expressive. He's got very these expressions mm-hmm. uh, that usually kids don't have. He's very his face has uh, he just the way he moves his eyebrows. Or he just is very expressive for somebody his age. So well, people good. people think he's at least four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's not. He's you not have, even two. You have Father Jim Carrey is what's happened. Here. I think yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. He's very. Well, he's got an good. elastic then face. A ton of cash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell people he's my Macaulay Culkin. Oh no! That's no, 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 no. I mean, like, but in like pre-drug. I mean, like Home Alone one, two. Yeah, okay. but he was he came Home from Alone, he came Alone. from like terrible like stage parent family. Yeah, yeah, though, no. Like. But I, I may be a uh, <laughs> Kip Culkin or a Joe Jackson. No, but he's. But you're still, you're still. I feel like you're still, you're still doing well enough for yourself that you don't have to live vicariously through your children. Yeah, no, I would never. Actually, it's funny you said that because a lot of people say the first thing they say when you have a child when you're. An actor, a comedian, like, are you going to put him straight into showbiz, or are you going to get him? And right. I, I'm like, I, like, I have no interest in doing that. Like, honestly, I'd rather him just be a kid. And if he wants to one day, yeah, yeah, yeah. then he'll tell me, Dad. But then I will do 
like uh, like Ron Dad. Howard. Ron Howard, the way he the way he raised his beautiful daughter Bryce Dallas Howard. Right. She wanted to be an actress. He was like, okay. He had all the contacts, of course. But he's like, no, you're gonna go study acting, and yeah. then from there, show right. me you're serious. And still, and that's why she's a great actress. And there's nothing. I like her. Yeah, she's great. She's so talented. Yeah. And she could do yeah. a lot of different things. So that's what I mean. If he ever wants to one day, I will tell him, okay. But you're not gonna short. You're not gonna get a shortcut in just because I know a few people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're gonna go study and you're gonna get good, and then I'll introduce you. So to... You're not gonna Will Smith your kid. Like you're not. Just oh my be god. Like, I was gonna be like, here's a record deal. No, oh Boom. my no. It'd be great though. Like, but <laughs> hell I, no. I, I, that being said, I, I could see you know two two years from now. You know, Vittorio Rossi does like a stage adaptation of Look Who's Talking at Centaur. That's different. Yeah, then, your, of course. With, yeah. with your, with your son. <laughs> with, with her He's only allowed to do Vittorio Rossi things. Right. My son, <laughs> everything else he can't. But Vittorio Rossi things, he could be in He's only movie. allowed to do Vittorio Rossi things. Like, That's it. Just. No. That's it. Walk around, walk around suavely in the center with a glass of wine in his hand, with a different, with a different woman for each play premiere. Yeah, because he's in good hands with Vittorio. Vittorio will take care of him better than anybody else. Well, he, that's we, right. we had we had Vittorio on the show a while back. I don't remember exactly the episode, but when he was like, he just sat down and then went to the bar and was just like, "What's the best scotch you have?" And then like ordered like a finger of scotch for all of us. Yeah, that happened. And, yeah, and we're just like we're like, yes, this is that's the great. You guys. Eat? You did at Grumpy's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So it was, it, was the, it was the two of us and, and Vittorio in the back room at Grumpy's. Yeah, so. exactly. It was, it was like, we're like, wow, this is way classier than our usual podcast guest where they're ordering us like fancy scotch. And we're like, yeah, Vittorio, awesome. you're the best. Yeah, he's, he's the best. So, Walter, why do we have Guido on the show? Oh, I'm, we, well, have, we have like a, he's on the show for like a million things, right? Yeah, he's on the show for a million things. <laughs> I'm like, and I, and, do you want to talk about them or do you want to just like waste uh, time? Well, I figured I was going <laughs> to see Guido like 15 <laughs> times in the next like week and a half. Right. And, and I'm like, well, I should, we should, I should spend one more hour with him. <laughs> right, that makes him, sense. And get him on the podcast here. Uh, you, got, so you got a lot coming up. I feel like, you know, I'll say this so as a bit of a, a preamble to all this. When I, Guido and I started doing stand-up around the same time. Yeah. Uh, Guido's done much better for himself, no, uh, which is fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not, and I'm not bitter about. It. I'm just say, that's all that to say is that we started doing stand up around the same time, and we you know, and 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 our our paths have have intersected at various points. But like, but that you know, yeah, but that, but sometimes sometimes like I feel like there's been like you know periods where like I won't see you yeah. like for yeah. months and months and months for like a year, like I you know, and and now like you're around again. Uh, Get a kid. You had a kid, yeah. That, I guess that probably that, took him out of the picture a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, that definitely took me out <laughs> of uh, a lot of uh, you know hanging out and who's there. Let's go there. That uh-huh. took me out, especially of uh, out of the Grumpies uh, scene. Yeah, uh, doing shows that late that took me out of that. You're you don't want to go out drinking till one o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. Oh uh, man, no, <laughs> that's I know. One o'clock that'd be an early night. That'd be an early night. That'd be yeah, nice. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like now because of the stuff that's going on at the Comedy Works, you know, it's uh, it's put me back in touch with. Uh, with Guido here, and so uh, I don't. Know, what, we, what should we talk about first? Like, well, first let's talk about how great the comedy works looks. I mean, I, I went to see it. I, I wasn't in the opening because I was out of town. Thanks. But man. when I went um, last Thursday to see the Underground uh, Railroad show, I walked in, and you know, because I saw pictures of open like on Facebook, but I, 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 I mean, you can't really see. I mean, it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. You just see new lights spot and I was like okay I, I didn't see the difference but when you walk in yeah. it is so immediate the difference I posted on my Facebook I felt like I was in New Orleans like I went to New Orleans why, a bunch why, of times why did you say that because I saw that post the vibe because you know it's kind of like New Orleans has like this uh, a lot of those bars because it's so old right, a lot of yeah. the bars have this classic with the chandelier like kind of yeah, like the western yeah. Yeah. and it's 
And so they maintained the old. Like you could picture the bars in New Orleans being around in the 1800s, yeah. but they but they obviously had to update a few things just because of probably code or law, yeah. and also time. Yeah. Just, and just um, to specify, it's you know it's like the best parts of Bourbon Street, and not. Oh like, yeah, 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 not, yeah. Not it does like, not, not like the urine. It does not smell like urine Street, at all. Which is all of have you, you've, been, you've been to New Orleans. Yeah, three times. It's yeah, one of I, my favorite I, cities. I, I was it's, there. I was there last year with the with the wife there, and oh, it's like and, and you, it's, it was great. It hits you in the face. Like, when but did you, you go, go, you go on Bourbon Street? Uh, we were there in early April. Okay, so it was so after still not we'd, that we'd bad. Missed, we'd missed like the Mardi Gras season, but like, but it was still great. We went for WrestleMania, so there was like a bunch of tourists in there. It's like a super, oh, okay. right? And and Bourbon Street is this. The whole street just smells like pee. Yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> I went, <laughs> yeah, I went. What? But that's a thing that happens in warmer cities. Though. Yeah, like yeah. you go in August, it's it's like it it's like it's it's chasing you. Like yeah. you know, if you if you go in August where it's really humid yeah uh, not humid it's dry but it's just because of, it's just so hot yeah. it's everywhere and it's even stronger it's Maybe, like a I cat litter the, the, the snow that in the cold washes it away a little bit because I found the same thing same thing San Francisco smells like pee really, really? yeah uh, they yeah, also yeah. have horse cops everywhere too which is yeah. which does not help downtown San Francisco Where? smells in, a lot in like New pee. Orleans like uh, like on, on Bourbon Street like they have the, the the horse mounted cops there. I didn't see those a big chunk there. of LA smells like pee like well, any of the poorer yeah, okay. sections that of I could, LA. yeah, I could get. But San Francisco <laughs> really surprised me. San Francisco me. was weird. Like we People were always saying, it's one of their favorite cities ever. Whoever been it's there, a, say it's their it's top. A fantastic city, but again, but when you head into like the like the club bar district, whatever, you're like, it smells a lot like pee. Because really, because like, again, I think Memphis, it's like pee. Memphis smelled like pee. Yeah, because yeah. I think if you're in warmer weather. There's no like snow to wash it away. Cities that smell like <laughs> pee for five hundred. <laughs> <I like> <laughs> <laughs> Memphis. <laughs> Nashville, Nashville, <laughs> but like, but Memphis like is kind of like small. Like, it's, it's got like a similar kind of uh, has its own kind of Bourbon Street. It's got Beale Street. Okay, and it's the same kind of deal where there's like you know uh, public street drinking. And, really, and oh, the I've outside, always wanted to the outside bars and that kind of stuff. It's to, on a smaller scale, but it's the same kind of same kind of uh, factors. That, can you imagine how imagine? much of a imagine? Can you imagine how much of a wreck like Saint Laurent would be if you could have like open bottles? Like you could just walk out of the bar with a cup in your hand. No, no, you can't do that here. Disaster. You can't do that here. Because I know they do it. They do. They they do it a little bit in um, Vancouver, right? Where what's the main street in Vancouver? Like the Bar Street in Vancouver? I have no clue. Grant, not Granville. I've been there once. No, Granville. Granville's the island. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. But they they shut down their their bar and club street Friday Saturday night, and you can have like open open containers on it. Yeah, they make like a little street. Festival kind of thing. Okay, but it's kind of a mess. I like, can imagine. <laughs> you're just sort of like, oh, well, it, so let's just get this. So the comedy works does not like any it's of not these like cities. Works, this. None of this. Nothing like these past ten minutes we've been yeah, talking about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, comedy works is clean. It's stylish. no. Honestly, the I have to say, I the bathrooms. I, they have those sinks that are like you know that lay on top of a table. You know that type of sink. Yeah. I don't know how to explain. It. It's just like a basin. Man, yeah, a basin. <laughs> Look at you. Okay, yeah. Um, honestly, when I walked in, I, I, I like. It was so shocked. It was beyond my expectations. Yeah. Like I knew they're going to remodel. Like what are they really going to do? But I don't can't even imagine how much time and effort and money was put in by Troy, uh, Ian, you, Walter, and everybody was involved. Mike, the manager, all you guys. It's honestly beautiful. And uh, thank you for bringing it back, man. It's just insane. The, everything looks well, we did bigger. It for, we did it for you, Guido. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sucking up because my next question is: Can I headline next year? No, I already said. Uh, uh, you already told me I could, but uh, no. Just, <laughs> remember, but, when, uh, remember when I said that Guido had done better for himself? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but honestly, but besides that, it looks honestly. I can't wait to. Everything's complete, and it's gonna be. See, cause the thing is, it also seems like a place where people could go and they're gonna have drinks and a meal and like 
Yeah. Like it seems like it's going to be a very trendy cocktail yeah, bar. Yeah, the food will be ready soon enough because they're putting. Oh, really? That soon? Because they're fixing up the kitchen. Awesome. So at some like you know at some point in the in the very near future, there's going to be a menu. So, I mean, I haven't told the whole cast. I said of 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 the envelope of Plan with Victoria, which I'm sure we'll talk about. To like, man, after sometimes we should just go hang out at on Bishop at the thing because you know after the show we'll go hang out over there and yeah. there'll be a bit of food and it'll be a. You know, it, yeah, it'll yeah. be a good vibe. I'm like, they're always looking for different places to hang. I'm like, we should go there. Maybe, uh, you know, catch a second show. Yeah. You know, after we do our show, we catch the second show one night. It'd be great. So so this is coming out <clears throat> Thursday. So <clears throat> yep. assuming if you're like a go plug yourself, like hardcore fan. Right. Your podcaster's got this. If you're this. one of the two. Yeah, one yeah. of you and me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your iPhone or whatever has updated this morning. And so tonight you could theoretically see... Go to the Comedy Works, right? Oh, with Daryl Lennox. We didn't even say who's headlining. Yeah. Daryl Lennox well, well, like, yeah. so tonight is the first American they brought in with a new Comedy Works. And he is, I mean, insane. Like, just for last, this guy just tours everywhere. He's one of the funniest people uh, I've ever seen. I've never met him. I've seen him at the Works mm-hmm. yeah. um, plenty of times. He, I mean, he's one of those guys that you – know, he's one of those comics that if he's in town, every comic wants to go see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And he just makes you – it, he, I mean, he really makes you uh, realize how bad you are as a comic. Like that's <laughs> that's how good he is. You're like, man, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. I'm like, no, I will. I need a lot more work to reach was, his level. So I'm really happy that I was asked to host. So thank you. I can't believe I'm on his weekend. I'm, I can't wait. That was Thursday, all, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, that's so. That's this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Guido's two shows be, Friday, uh, Saturday. Uh, I'm seeing. Yeah, and, and we have David Pride, David who is, Pride uh, Milling, which is just who's like, the king of the city. By this lineup it. is just like, yeah, and we have Paul B. He's one of the funniest. I remember Paul when he started. He's one of the most sarcastic people Paul. you'll ever meet. I love Paul. Hey, he's got the best puns of all time. Yeah, he's one of the funniest. Um, Paul Bluett is who. We're yeah, Paul Bluett and David Pride. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, and I gotta say like that that uh, Daryl Lennox booking that was all that was all Ian that one because you know like you know, how Ian, did that happen? Like he, Ian knows him well, really well. Ian's, Ian's been Ian's been like. Uh, is like he's like a, a nightlife institution, right? He's like yeah, a downtown institution, oh, yeah. and he's been there since like 1990. Well, like, yeah. I think 85. I think he said. Daryl right? Lennox is the guy. Is the the story that he told on the podcast? Exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's, and and so so Ian like uh, buddied up with with Lennox like years ago. Okay. And Lennox initially, the first impression that Lennox got of of Ian was he, he thought great. that Ian was a racist. <laughs> Yeah, if you go back and listen, to, go back and listen to the episode. He's the nicest guy. Ever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we had, we had Mike and Ian on the show for the for the comedy works opening up, and it was like oh, I, it was just like it was a weird misunderstanding. It was a misunderstanding. Oh like my he, god! He overheard Ian saying something, and Some, he thought like he was talking smack about him. Uh, but then it was like a snowy night, and you know, like and uh, and Daryl has has some has has his sight problems, right? So, yeah. And so it was a snowy night, and and Ian like. Help, and like you know, I think he'd had a couple drinks too. So I think Ian helped Daryl out of the bar and like guided him to the cab, and it immediately changed Daryl's uh, perception of him. So when it opened up again, we were getting people on board. Um, Ian Ian phoned Daryl up because he's like, you know, that's that you just phone on him that, up. Has that like, relationship? Yeah, yeah, like, that that's, bypasses the agent or yeah, whatever. Like, just like I'll just call him up. Phones Daryl. Phones Daryl Lennox <laughs> up, and uh, and as as Zines as it like yeah, Daryl was pretty uh, was pretty stoked. That the, that's uh, the great. Was open Honestly, up that was so. a great. I mean, that was a great booking. Yeah, so pretty. Happy and once you it. get Daryl Lennox, he then starts to tell the people, you know, guys, it's open, and then he starts telling his friends and his, yeah. and then it's gonna. It's open and it's not run down and it's nice and it's, it's renovated. so nice, man. The sound, you know how great it is to actually hear yourself <laughs> as a comedian. It's yeah, beautiful. The board in there was kind of a. It was an old board that you guys. It was, it was huge and old and, and not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like no, it's to, great. I used I to do really light and sound stuff in high school. 
for the for the auditorium and it was like and it was like the board that they had at the works was like similar to the one that was in my high school for the auditorium and I was oh, like really? that's not yeah. a good sign. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> you're like, nope, that's a very old board that's yeah. just clunking along. Yeah, no, everything's great, man. Yeah. So uh like this is it's gonna it, be a fun it, weekend. It's yeah. really an exciting time for everything. It's really good that And you're uh, and you're hosting. Oh man, yeah. I love I love I'll do any thing at that club hosting spots i don't care like i I just like being in that building it's just and and when you walked in it's kind of like it's new but it's still the works i mean it's just it's kind of like it's a different feeling i mean it's just like you know you have a home you know that you're so much in love with and you don't want to move to another home just because it's run down so instead you just put in money to your old home and even though it looks completely different, it still feels like home. You know what I'm saying? It, yes. It's it's once you walk in, it's just especially when you walk in, the first person you see is Ian there, and you're like, man, that's so cool. Yeah. Like you know, and it's so I like having him be not behind the bar. It's really nice to just see him and like talking and running the show and talking <laughs> to people, and it, it's just great, man. Everything, everything's really great. Yeah, and. And what, what, I, what I said before, I wasn't even really joking about how many times I'm going to see you over the next week and a half. Because then after that weekend's done. We, the uh, first open mic. Then you, then there'll be the open mic back. March 2nd, which, which Monday. Gonna, which you're going to be on. Definitely going to be on. Which you're going to be on too because be, I'll be because we that. both have a showcase for JFL March 4th yeah, on the then, Wednesday. Yeah. Which we have a lot of good people on that lineup too. We have a lot of funny comics. There's uh, John Selig. There's uh, Sean Stenhouse. There's... Uh, Scott Andrew Carter, Bianca Yates, Mike Carazza, which I found out today, Car- which was, which was yeah. not on the list. Uh, it was not on the list. But, I'm but so Mike, happy he Mike got, got in on. touch with me and he clarified that situation for me. So. I'm Walter. sorry. He's he's. Uh, <laughs> oh, and Walter, yeah, of course, Walter. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. Yeah, <laughs> hosted by. Uh, the, so this is, I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's my first uh, my first time I get to showcase for the. For That's the awesome, festival, man. You're gonna so. do great. Yeah. You're gonna do great. Yeah, just do a lot of racial stuff. Do it, man. Do what you want to do. Bring your A-list. Racial yeah. material. <laughs> Hashtag Cosby was framed. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, so I wanted to know, Guido, uh, how how because you're just not not only a comedian, right? You're also acting. Obviously, you've already mentioned the extraordinary. Play. Yeah. So at what point? Uh, how did you grow up? And how were you just sort of like, I'm gonna be a performer? How did you grow up? How did you grow <laughs> up, Guido? <laughs> like no, I'm just saying you're from here, from Montreal. Yeah, I'm first born here in Montreal. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, there's. I don't even know. Was I mean, it like a lifetime dream of yours, or you? There like, was always every later? time. There's videos. Every time my dad, there was pictures that my dad took of me or home videos. Right. I was always in a young, since a young age, had a wooden microphone in my hand or some kind of mic in my hand. Since yeah, that's I was what a it kid. Was, microphone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shaped differently, but it was. The, my dad said it was a microphone, and my mom really said, "No, no it's, it's not my microphone." <laughs> 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 she was uh, I'm like, painted right. in the Italian flag. It was a really weird thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I always had and videos as I was a kid. It was always me dancing, singing, doing jokes, um, always. And you just, you know, my mom now thinks back and she's like, you know, I always, you know, you could always tell what a, a child's gonna be when they're because they're just so honest and yeah. whatever they love, they just do. Yeah, yeah. So she, I was always. Something pretending, like grabbing an empty beer bottle and singing into it or talking into it. It was just empty beer bottles. You were so young. Again, uh, <laughs> my mom said it wasn't a beer bottle. No. Okay. Uh, then, you know, summer would come around. And, and they'd, they'd grow the zucchinis. The yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'd just, like, start singing right into that right, zucchini. Right into just show that tunes. Nice, <laughs> big zucchini. Right. And then after, uh, yeah, then after growing up. But I always wanted to do it, but then I had a huge uh, stutter. Uh, stuttering problems. So I never really went forward with it because right. you know you can't 
speak and you're being teased because of your speaking. And so you, so you tell someone I want to act, they're like, but you can't even talk, right? So then um, I just put it aside all these did years. Did you do speech therapy for that? No, I did. I went to like um, speech therapy, uh, homeopathic doctors with medicine and pills, but nothing really changed. Uh, it changed only when I decided uh, I want to do – I mean I didn't get accepted to any of the theater schools here in Montreal, not – Dawson, not Concordia, none of them. And I said, um, when, I was, what, are your, what are age around when you start applying for theater schools? Uh, 18, okay. uh, 20, right. you know. Kind of the normal I, age. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I always wanted to do it, you know, like, because I, I always did dance shows. I always would, I always would, you know, dress up as Michael Jackson, Elvis, and I could imitate them right. singing and dancing because I never started when I sang. Okay. So I could always do that. And so I was always performing, but I usually like singing and dancing. That's why my first material. It was always songs because yeah, yeah. I w- it was a yeah. crutch that I was afraid I'm going to stutter. Yeah. So I would do that until I was confident enough in my speech. Then I was watching Inside the Actor Studio. <clears throat> um, and there was Gene Hackman on talking about George Morrison, his acting teacher. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that he had a school in New York that was run by Mike Nichols right. and George Morrison. And uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, his mother is Viola Spolin who created improv. His name is um, – Anyways, uh, so I just went to audition at his school. I said, let me just go audition. And uh, I stuttered during the audition, but they saw past that. And they're like, you could come to our school, but you got to take more extra speech and voice classes. I did that, and it was gone. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it wasn't gone, gone, but I just had more tools and more confidence you to, like, to do that. Yeah, because of the voice and the breathing exercises and everything. And then – but I've always wanted to do stand-up. That, like, that, stand-up, man, I used to watch – uh, delirious over and over again. <laughs> I taped it on a tape recorder from the volume of the TV and would listen to it to school, back to school, raw, everything. Eddie Murphy was he's the king and for you me. And, you and, and then I got into then I got into Pryor. Once I got into Pryor, it was over. Okay. It was over once I heard uh, Richard Pryor. And then that's it. And then I then I started acting because it was still easy for me to act because I could still u- I could still change a voice or an accent and I still wouldn't stutter. Right. So that was the first step. Stand-up was still very scared to do because doing it in my own voice, I would stutter all the time if things didn't go well. And finally, at 31, I just said, you know what? I heard about um, through the late Jocko Alston. Sure. I was doing sketch comedy at The Nest, and um, I would do live sketch, video sketch, because I love the Dave Chappelle, uh, his live, uh, his video sketches. Yeah. So I like, I like to do that, you know? So uh, I had my sketch comedy group that we had since college, and... Um, we just did that live, you know, live video, live video, and Jocko would host it. And then he's the one, he's like, you know, he goes, you should do stand-up because you're funny when you present your sketches. Right. So he said, Joey Elias has a comedy class. And that's where I went, and that's where I met Walter. And that was the first ever, that was the first, that was the first class he gave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first ever class he gave. So, but I did, I mean, when I lived in New York, I did try to do stand-up. I, okay. I, I did take a stand-up class in New York. It's so brutal, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a brutal I scene. took a stand-up class in New York, and but you do a graduation show in Caroline's. It was the best. You think you really? could. Really? Yeah. And you're getting cheers, like, yeah. Then you go to other stuff, and you realize, I can't do this against, <laughs> you know. But just I just wasn't there. And then later on, I took Joy's class, and that's when I started because I was back in university, I'd quit acting and everything. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to. So I went back to school um, in business at Concordia. My last year, I was still doing sketch comedy every now and then because I still loved performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I started doing stand up at Joey's class and met all these amazing, I mean, we have we had a lot of great people in our class, man. And um, then I just started doing it more and more. And and then once and the more I did it, 
the more comfortable I got and the less I started in my own voice. And that's when uh, really how I got rid of it. I've never right? once noticed a stutter. Oh, that's awesome. I, you know, I don't, I don't, like, you're talking about now, this now and I've never once noticed anything. A lot of people, a lot of people you know, when they imitate me, they always imitate me like in a Joe Pesci. Like, but that's because sometimes they, when I get excited, yeah. I stutter. I mean, like, you're, I you're, like you, you talk fast. You're, you're yeah, very definitely. animated. You're definitely. kind of speedy, but like, yeah. I've never noticed a stutter. That's, well, that's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I had it really well now, but that was the issue. I, I mean, I've, I've impersonated, I, like, I've done an impression uh, of you a lot of times. Everybody when you're, has. When you're not in the room. Everybody has. Um, and I've never done it with a stutter. Okay, good. Yeah. good. You want to impersonate Guido right now? No. Face? It's, 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 do his face that's in his weird. home? We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it in the next podcast. When I'm not there. I'm like, remember remember when Guido was on? Remember Guido was on? So that's it, man. Yeah. So that's how that's how I got into. So that's, like, really, like, almost backwards in a way you often hear people go stand up then to acting you're going acting into stand up which a lot of times doesn't work either because no, exactly. a lot of actors that go into stand up even me I was very it was easy I was more theatrical you were yeah. very theatrical I remember like you, you, yeah when I remember during that class I thought because there were a couple people in that in that class in that original <clears throat> class that had already been doing stand up, stand -up for yeah. a while and I thought you were one of those people because, like, you you, you know, what you came across as very polished and, and like, and, and very confident on the stage. But I guess that's what – that was from the acting. That was from the acting of the sketch comedy shows and and all that. Right. But, you know, the thing about actors that getting into stand-up – a lot of times actors get into stand-up because to them it's like they're not getting gigs and they think doing stand-up will help them get yeah. noticed. You know, but they don't understand that at the beginning, you know, you could you, – because people think, oh, I'm such a good funny storyteller – and I animate and I could do all different characters. That's fine to get you by maybe at the beginning. Yeah. But after – which happened to me. Uh, you know, I, I was – no, I, I would – like my – me being animated and being able to act on stage was my crutch yeah. with my songs. I mean I still do my songs when I headline because I just like ending on them. Mm -hmm. But at least it's 40 minutes of a set and five minutes of song. Mm -hmm. You know. But – and I use that as a crutch until one day I realized it gets me to a certain point. But then you get stuck at like a certain level, yeah. and then you realize I need to actually write jokes too. Yeah. Well, I think they're like they're super. They're obviously like I guess related because they're both performances, but they're super different, right? They're like, super. Di yeah, man. It, uh, because Mitch you need Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg's great joke about it. He was just sort of like he's like how they went to him to be like, oh, do you want to act? And he's like, no, man, I'm a stand up. Yeah. You know, and he's like, and he's like, but when you're in Hollywood, they don't really accept that answer. They're like, yeah, but you're like a headlining stand up. You're like a big name. You need to be in movies now. And he's like, that's so not true. He's like, it's like someone's really good at writing menus. And now they're like, write a novel. And he's like, those are both English hey. language things, but those are not the same skill. Making, right. a, making a dinner sound delicious on a menu and writing an entire novel, he's like, it's not the same thing. And he's, he's like, right. He's totally right. Yeah. I mean, and then when I used to watch myself on the tapes, I used to, I was like, man, I, I was like so annoyed with me mm. that I'm like, thank God I just opened to do 10 because if I ever want to get to that level where I do... Uh, a long middle or a co-headline half hour, people are going to get annoyed of seeing this guy run around doing blah, blah, blah all the time. I don't – because it annoys me, right? <laughs> but also I'm like, but I'm not really that guy. I have moments of that, but I have moments of also I'm chill and I can have a real conversation and I have oh, yeah. really important things I want to say. So once I saw that and realized that and I – you know, then you just start – you start really writing things that – uh, just write jokes and yeah. I started writing it down word for word instead of just going up there having these ideas kinda, and letting my charm yeah. do all the or <laughs> yeah. my acting th uh, thing do everything I've, I've kind of had like I mean yeah again based on the but like you know 
not to say that I've done as much as you, but I've had like that sort of similar progression in terms of just how much, you know, you, you know, up to two, three years ago, three, four years ago, I thought that, you know, to really sell it, to have a really good set, it had to be like super high energy, super like exuberant. That's what everybody thinks. And, yeah, you're and, right. And which, you know, which works, but like, but now, you know, but then, but then when, you know, when you do it a little bit longer, um, you know, you, you you find that you start to get results based on writing, or like based on like totally on, right, and you don't and you don't have to like sell the shit out of everything. Totally, you know, I like, totally agree with you, man. I totally agree with you, and I, and that's where, uh, man, that's great. You said that. I I agree with you 100. percent Or you get results as being you on stage, yeah. not a heightened version exactly, of you. Because yeah. I know people, I know some actors now that want to do comedy, and I see them off stage, and they're a certain way when they get on stage, it's heightened ten times. And I know that's what I used to do, and and I still do it when I'm nervous about something. When I mm. do a new joke, and I'm nervous. I know I go to that thing. Just it's bring, a weird bring more energy. It's, it's like, a weird. It's just you're you're uncomfortable, and you just talk faster, more animated. But then I realize if I do that now, imagine that means when I started, I was always that uncomfortable, and that yeah. means I was never present. And like talking to people, I was always show in my own mind, watch this hurricane and not really looking at people's eyes and telling them a joke or a story. Yeah. I realized that. I was like, man, that was all insecurity the first few years of just da 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 have a bit about eyebrows, no? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a bit about my eyebrows and yeah. uh, Scott Peterson or something, uh, yeah. something yeah, about yeah, a blind yeah, date or yeah, what yeah, weird. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. That's crazy. Taking a trip down memory lane with just Walter like, remembering. Uh, old I remember Jess Solomon. Jess Solomon is the best. <laughs> Jess Solomon, once we were talking uh, <laughs> about when we started, because we took the class with Walter yeah. Jessica Solomon. She's like, oh, man, remember how you started all your shows? I used to come on and we used to be like, uh, hey, ladies, could you say hi, Guido? And then I go, hi, Guido. She's like, oh, I'm like, I know. Don't even remind me. <laughs> Do not remind me of that time. So you you don't, it's, not how, it's not your opener anymore. Oh, my God, oh, okay. no. That, do you know what a crush I'm gonna that is? I'm going to be disappointed if I go see you this weekend and I don't, oh, that, no, don't start I, off with a hi, Guido. But it's great. I mean, that's how you learn, man. That's how you start. And and unfortunately, some people get stuck in that way. With me, buddy? No, I, oh, buddy. guys, uh, you guys, guy, I, I you have, uh, guys, you're in my house. I have a room. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, some people just get stuck in that zone, and they do the same things for ten years, and, and you don't see them grow. Right. Um, and they think they don't get booked or something because uh, who knows? Of all the uh, obviously, it's everybody else's fault but them. Then you have people that have a little rut. Like I was in a a little. I'm like, nothing's working. I understand until one day I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to really write word for word things and then, you know, uh, you know, look at it after and make sure it's structured and then like it and make sure it's solid and then go present it when I'm ready to present it and be relaxed when I present it, make it clear and actually talk to people. And when I started doing that, everything really changed because I still have moments of my energy yeah. But it's not. Well, it's gonna it's like up, no down, what, right? up, down, yeah. up. It's not a. So I've just. Um, I, I got so much more. Also, I'm not even. So many more things that I need to learn. That's why opening up for people like Daryl or Pride or even going watching these people is just. If you just sit there and Pride. watch them, you, you, you're just. I mean, I had the opportunity to go open up for David Pride in Toronto and drive with him, drive with him that back, would, and hang out with him. That would intimidate the hell out of me. Like, no uh, man, he like, is... I talk. I, I I do talk to him now, but like, I it's just uh, it, it freaks me out how good he is. 
Man, this guy comes open mic. He goes, if you're MCing, he could just say I'm trying on new stuff. Yeah. Eight minutes of new stuff. All stuff that I would die. Yeah. I would kill to have as a sh- I'm like, oh, my God. Eight minutes. And it's just it would it sounds like he's been doing it for 10 years that eight minutes every right. time he comes and he does it often when he comes and you seven eight and it just kills and you're like how does and you know what and, and that's when you realize i cannot man i got at least <laughs> 20 more years to get to that level if i'll ever get there right. you know i was on a bilingual show with him okay where uh anyone at Derek sagan's bilingual shows was he doing it in french david where yeah where the english comics had to perform in french and the french comics had to perform in english Okay, so David Pride does a French set, does like 10 minutes, like a solid 10 in French, okay, with like the most heavily accented French you've ever heard, like super hard Compa- Anglo. Compared to, compared to Mike Patterson. Co- it, well, you know, like Mike Patterson, that's the thing, <laughs> but this is like, this is clearly the way this man speaks French. This yeah, is yeah. like his under, but he's doing like, he's doing, he's doing wordplay somehow. Wow. In French, and like the, the, even though like it's so heavily accented and the vocabulary is kind of iffy, like the rhythm is amazing. He's destroying. It was I'm like, uh, he was so far outside of his element, and he was still just killing. That's How did that. you do on that? You, you never told uh, me. I, I did. So, I did surprisingly well, actually. Yeah? <laughs> I was so happy with that. Because I remember you were talking about it. You were like, "So I need." I to, was really nervous. I need to get like a good solid like five or eight uh, French material. I was like, "How's this gonna work?" I literally translated <laughs> some of my jokes, and it went. Uh, you know what? If you do, if you ever, have you ever done that, you no. Performed the French? No. Well, I wanted to, but I've never had the guts to. So if you do, if you ever, congratulations, if you ever find man, yourself on guts. one of those shows, you'll find. Well, from my experience, at least, the audience tends to be very forgiving. And doesn't really care about your mastery of the French language so long as you're trying and that the jokes make some kind of sense. But that's true. <laughs> but but that's true of all French people. They're very they're you know I mean they're very nice. If you try, they really appreciate. Well, I think it. you're talking about like French love. in Quebec. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, not in France. No, in France in they'll Brett, still like, call you uh, whatever they call yeah, you. Exactly, but I'm like saying my, here, my, here they really just want you to try. And when you and try, I, yeah, they really I love did, it. Like, clumsy yeah. ass translations yeah. of of some of the, like the jokes I've been doing for like five years, and I did, and I just you know that's and, awesome. And I just did. They were very. Very clumsy literal translations of the jokes, and but they understood them enough that they made sense and like yeah, and for sure. And if you're at a show where you know that everybody's performing in their off language, yeah, you're like like part part of the comedy comes from the yeah, effort almost where, where you're just sort of like you're like oh man, like you're like in a good mood because this guy's just trying. And it's really cool the you concept. Know? It's really cool concept. Yeah, the exactly. French, it's it's English, like, English. going to be way more forgiving. I felt oh, for both, sure. Like both the English comedians performing in French, French comedians performing in English. I felt like, embarrassed about sure. my level of French though because like the French comics, meanwhile. Like they're speaking English, and it's like and they're, they're, English. their English is fine. Like it's a little bit accented, but like really? it's like <laughs> when we did. I say okay, so the the, the brass door show. So well, yeah, because also, they need to speak English if they want to perform outside of the province. Fine, yeah, but like, <laughs> Guido, yeah, but they do. Right? Guido's like, also headlining uh, the brass. Door oh, sure, show we didn't mention that. Besides March six, uh, so and um, so, uh, so when Derek Sege, I don't know if I told you this already. When Der- Derek Sege um, headlined that a couple months ago in January. He uh, he he messages me. He's like, "Is it okay if I bring one of my, one of my friends on?" And uh, he said, "We can't re- we can't really advertise it beforehand." I bet you I know who it is. And I'm like, "Well, who is?" And I said, "Can you just it was tell Rashid? me?" It was Rashid. It was Rashid Badouri. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "It's his first ever set in English." And he's like, "He's you know he's trying some stuff out. Apparently, he's I don't know. I just have many details I should tell about this." But anyway, I saw him at Burritoville too. Yeah. So he's so he's working out his like his English material. It's, this is quote unquote his first ever time. In English, we should get him on the podcast. By the way, <laughs> um, 
And, and oh, so he would do it too. He, he's he's so nice. He's really man. nice guy. So he so he, so he comes on. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's guy trying wants to do it in French. You know, he's super established <laughs> in French. Like super <laughs> super mess. established in French, right? Of course, like, of course. Hell yeah. Huge yeah, 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 face of Mono Quebec. Like, yeah. Uh, France. He tours France comes, everywhere. Comes in face there. We had a, we had a full house. <laughs> really? Huh? I think I've seen his ads on the. Yeah. We had a full house for for Derek that night. Like the the place was packed. Rashid goes up there, and I'm like, I'm waiting for like you know, kind of like hesitant English, you know, like. The English is fine. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. Fine. It's barely accented. He does like twenty minutes. Like <laughs> he does like twenty minutes. Like the surprise, unadvertised set, and it just destroys. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, this is your first English yeah. set, yeah. really. Like, but I think also the French they have that work ethic because they write like, you know, they, I, I think because especially him, the fact that he's already uh, such a huge name. In French, that you know, he knows exactly what to do. Formally, he's also friends with Sugar. He brings Sugar, yeah. gave him some advice. Like he's also Eddie King is also a great friend of his. Yeah. You know, so you get those two giants, Sugar and Eddie, that also uh, tell him, well, "Don't worry about it. You got it, man." Eddie's also a really yeah. good guy. Eddie's the Eddie's just a sweetheart. You yeah. know, so, so you get two ni- nice guys like Sugar and Eddie that kind of like, "Don't worry about it, man." God, like you know, your friend, you know, his English is almost better than Eddie King's, or the same. And Eddie King does well in English too. It's all depends. Just it, it's all if you let go of the um, of the fear. Yeah. Then even I mean, even you could do great in French in French comedy. Like it's just fear. But once you do that, man, jokes are jokes. You translate them. They they kind of. You know, they kind of do well. Yeah. You go through your stuff, you go through the material you have, and you figure out what can translate, yeah, what will exactly. translate. Because there's some stuff that you know won't. Like, there's some exactly. Stuff like, or, like, it, be it pop cultural stuff or yeah. exactly. stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know. we, we, had, we had Sammy on the show twice now. And, yeah. he's, and he's had the same thing. Because I was interested. Because when he does – does he do it in Urdu or in another – he does – I think it's Urdu. I want to say Urdu, but it might not be. I don't think it's Urdu. No. He does because he does French, like English, trilingual comedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, but like when he when he goes overseas, he can perform in I'm gonna say any East Indian language. If it's not Urdu, it's something else. It's not Farsi, well, is it? Hmm? It's not Farsi. Uh, I don't know. Either we way, we, I, was, I was like, <laughs> we should. <laughs> know this. But, but I was like, how do you how do you go about that? And he's like, he's like, the first thing is he's like, funny is funny. Like he's like, if something, he's totally right. He's like, if something's gonna make you laugh, it's gonna make you laugh on like a human level. He's like, some of the cultural stuff. He's like, obviously, I'm not doing language law jokes. Of course, like overseas because he's like that's not. But also, I, it depends where you go because I did my first one man show in Italy in Italian last November. Okay, in Rome, and what I realized there is that every some things I have like funny is funny. You could translate some jokes, yeah. but some countries think comedy is a different thing. Like to them, they like like all the stories I told, long form stories worked. If you try to be clever or tags. If you do any taglines or callbacks, they do not that's, get that's callbacks. English, that's an English thing. Yeah, yeah like yeah. callbacks, they don't. They, I, I thought I'm being clever. I'm gonna do a callback in Italian. I love story this. format Nothing. was a lot better in French. All story, it's just like French. Yeah, yeah I think it's yeah. a very European thing where it's kind of like even when you see like uh, the comedians on Italian television, it's very, you know, they do every character and they act out everything. Yeah, and there's not just, the same joke arc. Yeah, like yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, I mean, it's not even any punchline. It's no, just stories, exactly, and yeah. they end like, and that's what my mother told me, and that's yeah. it. And they just go. There's they're like, no. This is mother, and everyone's just rolling. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, So that's what I learned <laughs> in. Uh, that's what. <laughs> exactly. I, Boom. So that's what I learned doing it in Italy. It was yeah. like even if you know, it, and it's funny there what I learned. How did, you like, get that? how did you set that up though? Like, how did you set, how did you get? I've always wanted to do shows in Italy. And stuff? I know my dad always told me, uh, you know, you should do a show in Italy. You know, you have because I have my cousins that live in Rome and they know this theater, and I could have. You know, you do advertising, and uh, but then when my dad passed away um, in the summer, bef- 
like a week before we got married two years ago, when he passed away, uh, we buried him there, and I was there with my family. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do right. it. I'm going to book it. I'm going to get it ready for the next year, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a huge poster, and I'm going to do it in Rome. I'm going to do this show for my – because my dad always thought I should do it, and I did it. I just called my cousin. He knew a theater, um, and I just went. So he, he, I mean, he did everything for me. my cousin lives in Rome. He, he's a lawyer. So he was doing the. He did everything. I, I, I sent him the posters. He posted it How'd up. They hype it. And they just put posters around and told all their friends, and then, and so then that's like how my. It works in Rome. <laughs> you just put no, but it was just it was friends. in November. It was a weird time because uh, I went in November to baptize my son mm. in Italy. So I said, "Well, I'm there. I'm going to do a show," and um, you know, then my family organized a bus from my hometown. Which is an hour and a half away from the organized bus. Organized bus trips. That's bus trip. Yeah. That's what I haven't been doing. You know, it's the, <laughs> I'm like, what am I not doing? What am organized I not doing? Where's, your, where's in, your big fan base? Like in La uh, Salle. The bus <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the eastern townships. Start, go to the eastern townships. <laughs> build a really strong get a voyager, get a voyager in the eastern out there. townships. Yeah. Get the bus out there. And bus come. them into Montreal. Yeah. So that's what they did. Seat. That's what they did. That's how we got. <laughs> and that's how we got the. It was small, like sixty people, but it was still. It was still nice, yeah, you know. Yeah, must have been. Must have felt awesome too. Yeah, right? there was like a sure. meal and everything, and of um, was a meal. So <laughs> it was just, uh, yeah, <laughs> pasta, of course. Uh, and it was, it was good. It was a good experience. But I, you know, to do it again, it was just took too much work. But I, I would love to do it again. But I'd have to like really work. Cause I thought it would be easier than it was. I'm okay. just gonna go there and translate my things. And when I, I knew right away the first things I got into, it wasn't working. Mm. I was like, oh man. But then when I got into the longer story forms then I started working yeah then I got it and then well, after you're gonna, um, uh, you're gonna get some Italian material I, I mean I could, I could curse and stuff and I wave my yeah. hands around a lot sometimes because yeah. um, as, as previously discussed I, I do have some yeah, uh, the, yeah. The Italian course, yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> You do some Italian material. You and uh, Guido can go over to Rome. I, I could do material about Italians. I, <laughs> I've told people here, man, be, because Just have, have my girlfriend as the punchline half the time. <laughs> She's Italian, girlfriend. Yeah, my girlfriend. Very, oh, really? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, very much. So. Very much so. Yeah, exactly. It's what is? My, well, my name is my name is Keith, and of course, when she's angry, there's just the A. Keith. Is, uh, they have a letter oh, A just appears. Really? Just, uh, she's from the South. So, Keith, but uh, she's yeah. Italian, Scottish, and I'm and I'm Italian, Irish, French, Scottish. Yeah. So. she's more Italian than Scottish though, because like her her Scottish family stayed over in Scotland, whereas a bunch of the Italian family came came over. here. Okay. So all like so she grew up with them with the yeah, Italians. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's it. Like but it's I'm, just sort of like like she grew up like all of her best friends are her cousins because that's like that's what we do. That's that's how it goes, you know. Yeah. So I was like, except for me, I I try to stay away from my family, but it's fine. She <laughs> she she stays away from her family quite a bit too. Like they're the they're because a lot of them are like. Let's say like the the the, the stereotypical LaSalle yeah. Italian, they like, go out clubbing and all that stuff. And totally it's like, get it. That's not the music that my girlfriend's into, and that's not the scene and whatever. So they're obviously still super. Tight. And it's amazing how it. It's amazing how like if you're Italian, because I think I know what your girlfriend's going. When you're Italian, and you have something different, a different taste or something, uh, a different like than the rest of them. You're not Italian. They're like, oh, you're not as uh, you're not a real Italian. It's like yeah, just because I don't want to have this conversation right now. You got to have this conversation with Mike Carazza. Yeah, I'm oh sure. yeah, because I'm sure he thinks the same thing. Up, grew up in who grew up in Riviera de Prairie. Yeah, he grew up there. He must have been massacred. You yeah. have this conversation. I definitely will. Mike about we'll, this. we'll talk to him about yeah. it yeah. when we do the JFL yeah. because I, I, it's kind of like you guys will bond over because this. they're like you're not Italian, bro. Were you? Because I don't wear Puma. Yeah, because exactly. I don't like want 
earrings or tattoos of Jesus. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hashtag Massimo. <laughs> no, but no, but Massimo. <laughs> the Massimo actually believe, he does it because it's him. He believes it. You know, even Massimo is not like the typical. Do not challenge Massimo's belief system. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no but for sure. But, he, but even Massimo, Massimo talks about that too, where he's like, he was still like as much as his like the. Massimo persona is very. He looks more Italian than all of yeah. us put together, but that's. that's <laughs> but but he is not. Still, he doesn't do. Yeah, I he know. Still, he was like, I stayed home and watched cartoons after. School I know. That's why I mean, masks like, get along so well because we make fun of them, and it's kind of like, man, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. The constant, the repetition, the. Um, and you know what's funny? A lot of these Italians, I'm sure Mike will say the same thing. You know, they're always like. Uh, you know, you're not Italian, bro. You're not Italian enough, bro. You're not a real Italian. I'm like, how many times have you been to Italy? Yeah. They've been zero times. They go to Cancun every you summer. I've been every year in Italy. In Italy. <laughs> I go every summer. I have a you, house there. We, before we started, he brought uh, – this is not uh, it's not a joke. He brought out a dish of olive oil. Where's the olive oil from, Guido? From my land. From his my, land. my own <laughs> olive trees in Italy. Yeah, exactly. So well, we, uh, My girlfriend makes fun of that all the time. She's like, she's like where does that accent come from? Cause she's like my girlfriend. <laughs> she's like my girlfriend is first generation. So like her mom is born in uh, Trimoli, and oh okay, uh, her and she's born here, and she's born here. She's like, right. she's like the first one. So it's like you can understand where she gets the Italian from. Her mom is like from Italy, but when you have like second, third generation, you're like, how but is how that did it go? Still but how did it go to broken English to <laughs> your own? I don't even know what it is anymore. And it's kind of like well, I think a lot of it is. I think a lot of it is honestly because. They they probably learned French before they learned English. Or well, no. Well, so at least my, my girlfriend well, learned Italian. Italian then. No, then English, man. Then it's English. always your first language. Well, for me, when I grew up, they talked to me first in Italian, then English. Yeah. See, so now like, I mean, now obviously for me with my son, I talk to him in English because you know, although my wife she's Irish, but she does speak Italian. She learned yeah. Italian. It's not my first instinct to yeah. you know. Although people are like they tell me you no, know, speak to your son Italian. Speak to him. I'm like I don't. Want I don't can I cannot communicate him on a real level. If I'll tell him words when he gets older, I'm like this means this. Yeah. This I say in Italian, but I'm not gonna for he's never. I mean, he's gonna live here. I mean, we'll it's go on a vacation. Like, much. how is that gonna help his life if he learns Italian? It <laughs> right. helps him to communicate with my family in Italy, but sure. that's it. <laughs> like you know, so I Italian. Can tell you that, yeah, like I, my girlfriend massacres English just all the time. But <laughs> like, come, but, but, she speaks with the. With she, the accent. No, she doesn't really. She know. doesn't speak with an Italian accent, but she just makes like sentences that don't. No, not an Italian sense. accent. I mean, like a LaSalle. Not even a LaSalle Italian accent. I think accent. it's because she learned, like, at the same time, she learned English, French, Spanish, and Italian all growing Spanish? up. Oh, yeah, God, she really? She speaks Spanish, yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, that's good. So why? I don't know why? why. I have no concept of why she knows Spanish. But why? it's like, but I think that, like, learning all of those <laughs> languages, like, kind of like messed her up so absolutely her, her, it did her sentence structure just will show like the tenses and stuff will get screwed around it's it's adorable uh. but either way i mean you've witnessed walter how much sarah can massacre and i like a sentence like oh yeah i have the text messages <laughs> yeah, yeah. her text messages are <laughs> incomprehensible half the time like if she takes the time to think about it she's not like she can't speak or anything but it's just like if she like when you say get excited and you talk fast her getting excited and talking fast just will go off the rails like it's hilarious Speaking of LaSalle Italians, right? Let's talk about Vittorio Rossi. Villamard. Villamard. Sorry, that's Close those enough. are neighboring communities. He will hate that. That's like that's like the 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 West End equivalent of like of 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 like Saint, of uh, Montreal North RDP. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's talk about the the play. Uh, the yeah. Envelope. The envelope. So you're, uh, you're in, you're in Vittorio Rossi's newest yeah. newest opus. Yep. 
newest uh, world premiere play called The Envelope, which is at the just Centaur started Theater. We're starting tomorrow. We just got it together, some of the actors, with Victoria to just discuss a few things. Uh, but the official rehearsal start uh, tomorrow, February 24th, and the play opens March 24th, and it runs until uh, April 19th. Really With good. a potential so, extension, so April twenty sixth. It'll get the extension. I bet you'll get the extension. Well, you know what it so is. Speaking, you know, you're talking about like bringing. You're talking about like the buses coming in. You know, the, the yeah, but it's different. But this is not. But that's. But this is not about a talent. It's got nothing to yeah, do. That's uh-huh. the thing. It, still got his it, name on it though. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it's what so, we're hoping. That's what everybody's hoping. We were because talking about this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, though. Where if you go back, listen to Vittorio's, he had some things to say about the media. Or general, not necessarily media. It wasn't the media. It was the Italian, uh, the Italian, the Canadian, Canadian film, film industry. industry. Yeah. If you go back and listen to that episode, I think we, if we're looking at the timing, we think he might have been writing the envelope when he probably, was, it, or at least it putting was, it, yeah, in, like, or thinking about he's it. Probably doing a oh, he's been it, thinking yeah. about this for the last four years. During Paradise by the River, which we did in 2010. Yeah. We were at my cousin's restaurant because this whole play takes plug the restaurant w- takes place at the Franco, which mm-hmm. is. Two three three Notre Dame West. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Actually, which go. we did a comedy show at. Which, Remember, yeah, we did a comedy yeah. show at. Yeah, I think I got free. And that deal. oh yeah, we got free food and beer. You know what? No, you know what I did that night. I remember the mistake I made because like I for some reason because like I didn't have fully understand the situation enough yet. I had Chinese food before I showed up. You fool! And I'm like, what did I do? Oh yeah, you gotta yeah. have a pizza and yeah, everything. I know. I know. So I remember drinking Paris by the River because every time we do a Victoria we always end up hanging out at this restaurant, which is owned by my cousins. Right. By, you know, he didn't know that until we found out. He found out. And every time, you know, he's there, and there's always you know, one of my cousins that are there that does wisecracks about the business, and we're always there talking about the business. And then Victoria's like, he's like, man, we should do a play about what goes on behind the scenes at a restaurant while you're doing a play. Right. And then that's how it started. Cool. And so now it's become something so big. But actually, in the play of the envelope, it is located at at the Franco's, and it all and it also takes place. Next door to a theater, while there's actors doing a play or in the process of auditioning and opening yeah, up yeah, for a play, so right. everything. Meta, ta- yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I think the envelope is also was also could have been the name for the uh, the play made out of the Gomery inquiries. The what? The Gomery, the Gomery. Nope. Inquiries over my head. What what are you talking no, about? No, because the, the 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 sponsorship. Thing, the, not the sponsorship, what, the, no? uh, the, uh, the construction, the envelope. Oh, it's fine. Well, yeah, no, no, uh, no. Um, <laughs> no, no, you're I'm right. So, I'm sorry. I no, 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 no. No, I just got you. You're totally right because that's exactly what it is. Right? It's actually, he's talking about the envelope, which is like that. Yeah. It's um, that the Canadian National Film Board gives envelopes to their two, three producers, which is kind of like, listen, just take this. Here's, here's your. Uh, the wheels greased. Yeah, here's your mo- no, here's your money, and uh, just make us a movie without even reading, or without even knowing, or without even going through the process of reading good scripts. Oh, this is nice. Who who wrote this? Who's putting that? Get this guy on the phone. Let's have meetings. Let's discuss. It's just, I mean, basically, Vittorio shows how corrupt it is, and he even even he's witnessed it firsthand. He even puts it side to side with with uh, with Charbonneau commissions. He goes, what's the difference That's what between this? Not the Gomery. Gomery was the other thing. Anyway. He goes, yeah, what's yeah, the difference Charbonneau between the Canadian yeah. film industry and the Charbonneau commissions? It's still, it's still all, it's all, it's all based on lies and it's all based on you Nepotism. know, you, it's 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 not even worse than that. Man, you guys should come see this play. Yeah, definitely. He exposes nepotism. a lot if you're, of the. If you're um, just giving your friends all the best deals. That's nepotism. Nepotism is family. Family, yeah. isn't it? Family. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which which there's also a lot of that, like. 
It's just the same. Like that's why we have all these Canadian movies. That's why I, I mean, like it doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. Canadian film, they just don't. And and what he says, I mean, he just exposed a lot of things and how, how how nobody pays attention. Like the government gives a certain amount of money per year to the Canadian National Film Board. Uh, they wash their hands of it. To, no, like the money to, no, but the government's done at that point. No, to make movies. Yeah, they yeah. Just, <laughs> here's your ten million dollars that we have. This is part of the budget like, to make to movies, the and they don't see if there's any back end. They make money, they lose money. They don't check. Yeah, it's kind of like a big write off. They don't check. Of, it's they, crazy. So have, these guys have X amount of budget that needs to go to the arts, and they're like, we did take it. it. <laughs> it's like we gave the money. So there's no accountability yeah, for yeah. crap movies or crap producers or crap directors, and that's well, why what? we have. You know, uh, I could open up, I could put on my on demand, and you'll see the Canadian movies. It's always Sisters' Revenge, Nanny's Revenge. It's just yeah. the same thing. Who is it? Who is it that the Jay Baruchel just? He went just on wrote. A, he wrote an article on the Toronto Star yeah. about it, yeah, on yeah, the Globe yeah, and Mail he, or something. He was exactly, and he did, he did like a, just a really long piece, and it was about. It was I think it was about the, the mediocrity of the just can, like Canadian comedy. He's totally right, and like and whatever else, he's like he's like why is. He's it's like, an old men's group. It's an, uh, he, yeah. he says something that actually. Well, he's like, well, also like the, the problem with the sentence, like it's pretty good for a Canadian production. He's like, why is that has to be attached? He's totally right, man. To the piece of it, it has to be attached. Like for a Canadian production, it's pretty good. He's like, why do you need to qualify? He's totally right. He even a, you know, like, he even um, Vittorio starts to play with a quote from Ivan Reitman, who was Canadian. Right. Mm-hmm. He was doing a speech at some school, and he's like, the Canadian film industry is. Um, I have it somewhere here. It's it's made to fail. It's 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 sorry. It's built to fail. The uh, designed obsolescence. It's designed to fail. They don't give anybody a real chance. It's just designed to fail. So that's why a lot of the great people here that do something good end up leaving. Yeah, and then they yeah, yeah. the great in the states, and we just lose great artists over and over and over. Actors, writers, directors. We we lose them out to the states. You know, and uh, they just, you know, whatever. I mean, that's what it is. But and so, who 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 are you in this? Yeah, how do you yeah. I play um, I play Marcello. Oh, there's no Italians in the play, though, right? It's not. It's, it's not about Italians. <laughs> it does, but there's only Italians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, I no. play Marcello. It's set in an Italian restaurant. It's not about Italians. It's about Michael Moretti and Marcello. <laughs> no, but I do play Marcello. He's right. uh, Marcello is uh, the lead actor of the play that's going on within the play of the Envelope. Okay. Okay. And. Um, and the play um, – so Marcello is a good friend of Michael who is the writer of um, – because there's a fictional play going on within the play. Right, it's called right, Romeo's right. Rise. Okay. And the whole premise is that uh, there's supposed to be um, – there was going to be uh, um, the play. And after the play, they were going to shoot the movie version of Romeo's Rise. Okay. And then um, uh, Michael uh, Moretti, who's the writer of uh, Romeo's Rise, gets offered – a contract by a Canadian film producer, and then there's the contract that my character Marcello, very low budget, set up a deal with this little small time producer in LA with hardly any money. And the whole thing is this dilemma of which one to choose: do you choose the 300 G's you'll get for sure in your pocket, or do you choose the 10 G's you'll get but potential exposure to the states? And that's yeah. the dilemma a lot of people here writers decide they're like listen just I'll give you $300 uh, $300,000 I'll water down your script I won't even put you as the writer anymore or whatever or you could go and do it yourself independently and that's what the decision sometimes like oh man I just need this money it would be good Yeah. then they think I'll take this money and then the next one I'll have more of a exactly. save but then you get stuck yes. in this Canadian film yeah. system so that's the whole dilemma that a guy like Michael Moretti who's the lead character of this play has been in this business for 30 years he's in his mid 50s he always gets screwed over, and now he's like, "No, it's my time, man. I just this." So it's the whole dilemma about 
about what decision to make, his loyalty to to one friend, but then him as a as a as a writer director, he needs to move forward. Yeah, he's like, I need to move on because if I get in the system, then I'm for sure gonna be, you know, over and over been asked to write and direct and you know direct yeah. things. So it's uh, it's it's really cool. I mean, um, the, the whole cast is just, I mean, veteran actors. Like I cannot wait to just watch these people work and learn from them like mm. some of these people like David Gao who is also a playwright in his own right and he's also uh, wrote and directed um, a movie called Steel Toes that was at a lot of film festivals Sundance all these things he's in it actually acting in it Ron Lee who's just one of this country's best actors uh, Lenny Parker who's just like Lenny, she's, yeah. Lenny's unbelievable at whatever she does she's in so many productions uh, yeah. yeah so I just to be with these powerhouses yeah. it's gonna be so great and Victoria's actually directing his first big directing that's great uh, gig cool. so it's gonna be awesome yeah Walter let's do five questions wanna wrap it up five yeah, questions let's do five questions All right. five questions let's go so yeah we wrap up uh, oh I'm also opening up for Dom Herrera March 14th Shit. Saturday Embassy Plaza the great legend comedy legend Dom Herrera Embassy Plaza where's that uh, it's in Laval. It's a big hall in Laval. Domerera, that's that's gonna be like. Yeah. You have insane. to send me all these all these links. I'll link to them. Oh, for sure, for sure. Let me send you guys. Domerera, March fourteenth, comedy legend. You think we could get Domerera on the podcast? If you <laughs> <laughs> quiet, quiet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know him. I could ask him the day of. Set that up. I'll try to set it up. Set it up. All right. Five questions. Five questions. So, how well? Question first. How well do you know Domerera? Exactly. Odds of getting Domerera on the show. Not at all. Zero. Zero. Question. I don't. I know him zero. Odds of me on the show zero. zero. Next question. Uh, first question is: What did you want to be when you grew up? I, w- I, w- I wanted to be in the. I wanted to be an entertainer. Right, with the wooden spoon as the microphone. I always wanted to. I just wanted to make people laugh. Cool. I wanted to entertain people. And that was. Did you ever? Uh, like, were you ever like, as a kid, were you like, did you know that that was like a. a Kind of like a far off dream. You're like, not a lot of people make money. No, I thought like, I, I don't care. You're like, that's a job. No, when I was a kid, I thought it was easy. <laughs> like when sure. I was a kid, I thought it was. I'm like, yeah, man, you just you get up you there, just go, laugh, and if you kidding. if you do shows, uh, you go to a, a place, and then they take you. Like I thought it was easy <laughs> until you know you realize yeah, how oh, how yeah. opposite yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, but I've always wanted to. I always wanted to do right. this. Always. Question number two is question uh, fashion. Yeah. What's the worst fashion choice you've ever made? Jesus, colorblind. I make them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I make them all the time. Oh, like all the time. Oh, the best was this. Here's here's one that I always do. I wear white socks and black shoes all the time. Sure. Last so night I, I was – yeah, but apparently that – like last night I was at Hostel doing a show at the Hostel M, at M yeah. Hostel, and David Hetty was there. Uh-huh. David. And he's like, Guido, you're wearing black shoes and white socks. I'm like, David, <laughs> you're, you're telling me this? Right I'm like, now, yeah. But Guido is doing David Hetty hand gestures. Exactly. <laughs> And I'm like, he's telling me, I'm like, yeah. And then we were joking about it, and he's such a nice guy. And then at the end, w- when he left, I go, um, David, I said, next time I won't wear the white socks and black shoes for you. He goes, no, for anyone. And he left. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably the worst. Always, this is probably the worst thing I do. Is I right, always we've wear. Always, we've always, we have, I always wear yeah, white yeah. socks. That's probably the thing I do the most is white socks. All the time. It's constantly white socks. All the time. We've always oh, talked about having this. having having Hetty on the show, and we're just like, do we really want an hour of passive aggression? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> that's that funny. Right? Oh man, no, he told me he said yeah, not, and he just left. I was dying. <laughs> <sighs> he's a, okay. such a funny guy. Third question is really important. You don't think about this one very hard. It has to be the first thing that pops into your head. Who's the greatest person of all time? Person, my dad. Yeah. Your dad? Yeah. Boom, right there. 
And then that's obviously, I mean, you, you talked about your, your father's funeral and stuff. It was when you went to Italy and did the show, were you like, was it like for him, basically, in a yeah, kind of yeah, a way? Yeah. Like you were just sort of like, I'm going to come back to where I'm from, perform. It was for him. Everything I do ever since he died, ever since he passed away, after we passed, because he passed away a week before our wedding. And then two days after he passed away, my wife was sick, and then we found out she was pregnant. So all that happened at once, and ever since he died, it it's was when, yeah, yeah, but that's when I was just like, man, I don't have, like, it's kind of like I was, you know, you realize I was running around in this world doing whatever the hell I wanted and saying whatever I wanted and doing what I want because I knew he was always there to back me up no matter what. Mm. And once you lose that, you're like, man, I was never really a man because I always relied on him. Yeah. Even at 30, when did he pass? Two years ago, 34 years old. I was yeah. like, man, I'm not a man. I was always relying on this guy to be yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when I was like, that's it. More responsible. I need to focus on what I do, and I need to work as hard as he did what he did in what I do, and that'll make me better. And ever since, it's, it's amazing. His death made me better at everything. It's a weird thing. It's, I just made a better like, actor, better comedian, more a nicer person to people. Yeah. Uh, it just, I don't know. I just feel like um, I owe everything to him, and I don't want to disappoint him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, now he's not here to kick my ass. I need to kick my own <laughs> ass. Yeah, well, no, and, for sure. Uh, I mean, like, I, uh, like, my Rito, mom, you've always been nice to me, for the record. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I'm nice. I just sometimes, you know, <laughs> I can come like, across as, like, man. Eh, no, like, my, my, my mom passed away, uh, this summer. And oh, I was like, God, it's, you sorry, kind of, my, sorry about that. but you kind of, I don't know if you went through the, went through the same thing, but you're just sort of like, you, in your head, as long as you're like, your parents are around, you're always kind of a kid. Cause yeah. you're just sort of like, even, even, like, I wasn't even that close with my mom or whatever, but you sort of like, you still, you're like, oh, if something goes really south, I can go to my parents. You know? Oh, God. Like, oh, yeah. You're just sort of like, you have like the safety net of your parents. And then if like, if, when that's gone, you're like. And you don't appreciate oh. what they did when they're actually, until they're gone. And once my dad's gone, I was like, man, he came here as an immigrant at 12 years old with yeah. nothing. He was doing taxes for the family at 13, 14, because he could read English and figure this out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here I am going to five, getting drunk and like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he just, what he, he first one to get an education, first one to just. You know, uh, he's just the, everything he taught me. Now, now I realize, man, it was great. Like for example, it, I remember once I was, I think I was paying like the minimum uh, on my credit card, like yeah. not even doing the full amount. He goes, he sees this. He goes, because because when I lived in the house, he would open up all the mail. He goes, I don't <laughs> care. Like, you're in my house. I'll open up all the mail. You're yeah. in my house. Or else get out of here. Right. Um, so yeah. he was like, Why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't want to pay it. Nah, I want to keep some money. He's like, Do you understand? They charge you twenty two point five percent interest. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll pay. I don't think you understand how much that is. You know, <laughs> and then these are this. He goes, uh, do you have uh, how much? Do you have money in your wallet? Yeah, he goes, twenty bucks. Give me twenty bucks. He took it. He lit it on fire. It's gone. <laughs> like, what are you doing? He goes, that's what you're doing with your money. You will never see it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, well, now what? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, good point. Can I have my twenty bucks back? He's like, no. I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, okay, well, you already yes. threw it away with that yeah. interest. You threw it more away. He goes, but it's gone. He goes, it's totally gone. He goes, also the way you spend money. You spend it on stuff that's it, – it's just it, – you drink so you drink and then it's gone. Like, you know, you just pee. It's, it's in the toilet, your money. And so what's the <laughs> – have a few, I get, but don't – $200 on – you know, that's when he just – you know, those little things. I'm like, man, you're old, man. You understand. Yeah. This is like, dude, I'll make my – you know, it's not all about money. But then you have a family and he's passed away. You're like, yeah, it is. I got, no, not, <laughs> I need to be more responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, he's the best uh, – he's one of the biggest – the best answer. people I remember. That's cool. life, yeah. Uh, last guest was Esteban. Oh yeah, Esteban uh, Vargas, who's the he's the producer of the show Morning Show. Which morning show? Shom. Oh okay, show okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to know. Uh, it works out that you were Montreal or born and raised because we were like, this is gonna not make sense to anybody else. If you had to give up one for the rest of your life, 
between Montreal-style bagels or poutine. You have to give up one. You can only have, like, it doesn't exist for you anymore. Oh, poutine. I'm not a poutine fan anyway. So bagels, you keep bagels? Easy, I keep bagels, yeah. Easy choice for you. Easy. Yeah. What? Easy choice for you. Easy. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think twice about no poutine. No poutine. Like, with all, of all the if it was, no. when you were younger, not no. Bagels, bagels, for sure. Keep the bagels. Yeah, yeah. Poutine. I, I'm not a poutine fan. I actually think it's disgusting. I have a rough time. <laughs> I, I don't really like it. I'm like, who puts what about, cheese? What about Italian cheese? poutine? Yeah. <laughs> not even. I know, I'm, I'm not even. I don't, like, uh, I don't like anything about the gravy. I don't like the cheese There's curds. no gravy on Italian poutine. But the cheese it's curds. Uh, but <laughs> I don't like the cheese curds. I don't like cheese curds. Okay, it, it if you don't seems, like cheese curds, it seems, you're done. You're this, it seems something's off about cheese curds. I don't. Um, <laughs> Any cheese that that's a the bonus to joke. It's not like the bonus, right? <laughs> Mike DeBose. I don't know cheese curds. I don't trust cheese curds. It sounds like something he would say. <laughs> you're gonna get him on your show when he's here, are you? I, I think we should. Yeah, you right, should actually yeah, should come should. back here because he's gonna be staying here. Oh yeah, let's, let's come back we'll here. have another oh, one yeah, of we'll have another one of these of these things. Go ahead. Yeah, no cheese curds is. It's weird that you can just leave it on a counter all day. Yeah, I'm, ve- yeah, <laughs> I'm very suspicious. Yeah, because cheese. It, it, you know, if you can leave, if you can leave cheese curds on a counter, it's, the fact that you can leave at those gas station a on a counter, and a yeah, and a basket no re- on a counter, but like, it's, but it's fine. Also, but there's like, there's no refrigerator in the establishment. No. so you're like, it's not just in the day. It's overnight. Because it's, it's, it's in brine. It's preserved in brine. It's delicious. All right, uh, it's, it's my two right. favorite things: cheese and pickled things. Uh, all right, exactly all together. So now, uh, question five. Flipping the table, uh, ask a question to our future guest without knowing who it is. So, Guido Cocomelo gets to ask a question. A future a question to uh, the, the guest. I don't guest. know what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, it could be anything? Yeah. Oh, shit. I put this question, by the way. What? You can only. As the bands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. There's th- there a third option. It's probably still going to throw up. I don't think in. it really matters. The other one was smoked meat. So you're still going to throw up with ten, though. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you kept yeah. smoking meat and bagels. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, your question. Go. Uh, my question <laughs> to – do I have to make it a choice? No, 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 no. no, no. It could just be like, – we've had, like, what's the best book you've ever read? We've had, uh, like, what do you do to overcome adversity? We've had this question about food. It could be any question. Like, really, don't don't limit yourself. And you don't even know what it is. It's just something simple. I don't know. What's the person's uh, uh, favorite – people always say movie, but I'm going to say what's the f- person's favorite – Not tri- uh, or trilogy or two movie sequel of all time, like like one that has two or more okay. of all time, kind of like so a package, not just one movie, but like yeah. a, a package. Yeah. So uh, what's your favorite movie? A franchise, yeah. What's your favorite movie franchise? franchise. Yeah, movie franchise. franchise. Yeah. That's good. Walter, yours. Uh, wait, this this should be easy. Um, um, I mean, Jurassic Park seems like the easy answer, but like. Uh, three was not very good. And, yeah, and as much of an apologist as I am uh, for two, I like two. Uh, <laughs> two's underrated. Uh, uh, Jurassic Park is it seems like the easy answer. I I almost want to say I almost want to say like the Tarantino lexicon because like I'm I'm so. But they're not. Like, would they're, you would you accept that? What Kibble one and two? No, no. I'm just saying, but like because they're all kind of related, right? They're all, all kind of like in a universe, Ooh. right? Like, but it's not. That's not really. That's not. Yeah, exactly. no, that's not an acceptable answer. But, but, no, but that's. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's actually cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would probably go aliens. Aliens. But just like because one and two are one and so two, fantastic. but then it's like then like yeah, three, just, three said, and four suck. Three's okay, and then four sucks. Like aliens is really. But I'm just saying, aliens is one of those rare movies where it's like where one and two are amazing. Like where the first one and the second one are both. Yeah. Fantastic Terminator, 
But then Terminator 3 also sucked. But Terminator 1 and 2 was also really good. Oh, uh, my games. God. Maybe the Friday films? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no Freddy? No Jason? House Party. Yeah. Kid and Play films. Oh, actually. If you head into horror, you're... Uh, yeah, I am. I am a, I, I am a big horror <laughs> guy. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Friday the 13th is awful. They're all awful. Uh, Nightmares are good. Nightmares though. are pretty good. Uh, Saw? Th- 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 Saw. Yeah. <laughs> Widow, do you have a... Rocky. Rocky? Rocky, but I'd skip five. Skip five? I Rocky love, one is fantastic. I love the last one. It would probably, I love answer, Rocky Babua. I love that, but I also love. I also, I think you see, but Rocky has six, and there's one of them I don't. The five, but I he's, still he's making five a new one. The, you know that? No, he's doing Son of Apollo. Son of Apollo, but yeah. but with but as trained by Rocky, of course, yeah. yeah. But I think like to me the three that's the most entertaining and just because Rocky's six and there's a lot of them and you could pick, and, I mean even the five is not bad man I mean yeah. I mean you know he loses money which happens which is really good but the only the street fight and the cameras and the news was weird but <laughs> it's still but to me uh, Back to the Future man like Back to what the future, the, it's really just good. you could just sit there and just like smile yeah. and and especially now we're gonna watch isn't it this year yeah, it's 2015 it is it's this year this is the year this is the this year is, when is, is it November or October October 15th or November 15th November. or something yeah. wow because there's there's the hashtag right uh, BTTF 2015 yeah. as like being promoted by I mean, just Back the to the Future people don't know what they're gonna be doing for it the are, they doing, are they doing something are they well do they're something? the studio is promoting the hashtag Oh so, really? Yeah, yeah. So they don't know. If it might just be a special edition re-release or something. They've done that like three, four times. Yeah, but they could the do last, it again. Yeah, I, new movie? Reboot? I don't think a new movie. That'd be crazy. They wouldn't be able to have it under wraps unless they announced the new movie. And that trilogy has one of the best performances. If you see Chris Pine Glover, <laughs> uh, Biff, the guy who plays Biff. If uh, the one man, what yeah. he does in there, at all those three, man, I. W- he with the fact he was nominated for anything is very yeah. yeah if you yeah. watch all three and you see him do everything so differently, yeah, exactly. He like, is unbelievable. That guy. I don't even know what his name is. He's yeah. also in. He was also in Freaks and Geeks. Oh really? Okay, yeah, good. He was in he Freaks and works. Geeks. Yeah, he, you know he's he's a working actor. You see him. You see him. He, pop play, up he and plays. Stuff. A, he plays. A, the There's gym, a lot of TV. He plays work. a gym teacher in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, and it's the best because it's like it's like it's so perfect because he's obviously like aged and whatever. But like yeah. seeing that guy as a gym teacher in the eighties. He has one of my favorite lines of all time in a movie. He's like just he was just make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Just make like a like, tree and leave. You're about as useful as a screen door on a battleship. Screen door on a submarine. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. My sister's so the biggest Back to the Future fan in the it's world, so I've and I've seen them like a million times each. So yeah, yeah. I watched them. Those are one of those movies that I watched a lot as a kid. Yeah, right? that you could watch that, all over the that and Weekend at Bernie's one or two. It's Back to <laughs> Back to the Future and the original Star Wars series was like basically what I would watch. On yeah, you right. Repeat. Like I would come after yeah. come home after work and wa- after work school kid work like come home after school and watch one of those movies just like on repeat like six days Definitely. cycle. So, yeah, so we're going to run through all the dates on the website or whatever, yeah, but we have, we have such, a, such a ton. Brass Store, Comedy Works, Comedy, Comedy Works, Works again. Comedy Works. Uh, opening Domerera. Domerera. Uh, the Envelope. The Envelope. Opening, we're going to put all this is going to be on there. We, 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 we really did get to plug a lot of stuff. Sometimes we go through a, a whole episode, and we'll squeeze them the plug right at it. So it's like, why were you here again? What yeah, are, yeah, what yeah, 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 yeah. But we actually, I'm glad we got to talk about Definitely, it. Definitely, man. Because I, so I, I have a vested interest in a lot of the things you're playing. Yeah, you stay way more on topic when it's remote. I care about these plugs. He's even going to be there opening night, probably. Donald. Usually, they're opening night at the Center Theater. I will. I will make. I, I will be there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. There. You should write a whole even, article even if it's on, on Thursday. Uh, and I can't be, so you, even if it's on a Thursday, and I can't you, be there. Because the, 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 the whole article on uh, the play before and uh, about the film industry. Maybe get some people in the West Island to come. 
I've you yeah. know like I've I, I've done a couple things on uh, Victoria in the past, and I, it's been a while, so it'd be nice to uh, to to go revisit that. Definitely, he would definitely. He loves your writing too. He, yeah. he thinks you're a great writer. So if you if you contact him to do a, a thing there's, about the envelope, he'll there's definitely. almost I don't know. There's 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 almost no one in the world that I that I delight in more and entertaining than than Vittorio. <laughs> when Vittorio laughs at something I say, that I'm 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 like I'm I'm never happier than when, yeah. Keep than it, when yeah. Vittorio laughs at something <laughs> I say. Like, he seems like such a serious dude. Yeah. And, then like, and then we hang out and like I always see him at the theater at the play openings and everybody wants to talk to him about like the play and be yeah. like serious like actor acting stuff and then I just say I'm like, hey remember the time you were in that movie with Shannon Doherty that oh, yeah. and, and it's just, I, I tell him I bring it up every time because he's always with a new he's always with a new woman he's always with a new a new friend or something and I'm like what he's still getting checks from that Shannon Doherty movie that's hilarious so anyway thank you so much thank, thank you for letting us into your home for the for the soprasata for the uh, for the cheese for those the, awesome. the there's more there's more guys if no, you know. it, was, it was delightful I gotta, I gotta get going I gotta, I'm, yes. I'm gigging tonight I'm a blue dog so okay cool I gotta get going definitely man and I wanna All swing right, by cool. NDG first so Thanks well, so thank you guys. Honestly, thanks for coming out, Guido. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank you guys for coming. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh, man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc we're not working, why should you?